Today's episode is titled The Old and New You. We all have stories about our lives, and in today's episode, I want to invite you to look at your life as a story. What would you like to leave behind, and what story would you like to create? What is the model of the world you want to live in? Welcome to episode number three of Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. This is a juicy episode, at least in my opinion. (laughs) I love this topic as what I bet you will start to see is how everything is a story and you have the power to choose your story. It's seriously empowering when you start to look at your life as a story and that you have a choice of what story you want to create. But here is not how my life started. This is not this wasn't my belief system for the longest time. And I'm going to share with you my story. And as you listen, I want you to connect it back with your story. What is the story of your life as you listen to mine? Because even though the external, what I describe my story to be would be different than yours, there might be some similarities in terms of your beliefs and what you're telling yourself and all that good stuff. So here is where I started from. I grew up in India with not very much means. I grew up with seeing poverty all around me. And as an empath, where I feel things very deeply, the poverty really, really got to me. You know, when I was growing up, we were not rich, we were not poor, we're more like a middle class family. And middle class is very different than middle class in America. And I was, I could just feel how difficult life circumstances were when I was watching people around me, including my own family. I was anxious and worried all the time. Like nothing traumatic happened, but I just had this underlying worry and anxiety as long as I can remember. I think I was probably five years old when I first remember feeling anxious about the world and about everything. And that and and also this is how i saw my mom whether she felt that way or not like i saw her as an anxious person and if you ask her she'd be like no that's not true but this is this is how i saw her and if you notice i said whether she felt that way or not because as children as children we perceive everything through the lens of me children are very very eye focused if you haven't seen that right? Children are very focused just on themselves. And so they see it from their lens. And if they don't make sense of the world, they put their own interpretations from their lens. And so whether she felt anxious or not, that's how I saw her. So I assumed to live in the world, I needed to be anxious. Now, I'm highlighting this because there may be a story you've told yourself about your life as a child, and that may or may not be true. It may be true, it obviously is true for you, but that may not have been how it exactly happened. 
And the reason I'm even dwelling a little bit on this, I will go into this a little bit later, but I really want you to see because a lot of the beliefs we form come from when we were children. Like there's something we see in our world and that becomes a belief system. And some of these beliefs are very, very, you won't even know them as a belief, but it's there. Okay. So for example, right, um, there was a study where they staged a person stealing someone's purse. And every person witnessing that incident had a different story of how they saw it happen. Okay, And this is very vital when we think about the past because this is... Uh, because we have a certain model of how we look at the past and it gets it gets diluted by our own lens. All right, back to my story. My anxiety then turned into panic attacks at some point and as a teenager, I felt so trapped. I felt trapped in my body. I felt trapped in my environment. And in you know when I was growing up, in India, it was a very traditional space, you know, like a very culturally, very traditional, and it just didn't fit with what I wanted for myself. And it's not how India is right now, but it was very different then. And girls didn't have autonomy. My parents were consumed with what people would think. And so I had those beliefs about pleasing others, especially if I wanted to be loved. And if I wanted to be loved, then I couldn't be myself, which didn't fit with what I was seeing on the outside. So, and I think this is a universal piece about wanting, especially for a lot of women, women struggle with, if I am who I am, then I am going to lose the love and affection of others. So, and then I fast forward, the teen years were very rough and I got into unhealthy relationships. Life just felt so messy and I just, it just wasn't, I it just wasn't happy at all. I was so confused and lost. I mean, first of all, teenagers themselves, are, like teenage years are just so tumultuous for a lot of people. And then combine that with all the old belief systems, everything, it just was like so difficult. That's all I remember of my, most of my teenage years was that I had suicidal thoughts. You can see the trajectory, right? I was just lost and wandering around. And I just, at the same time, there was this innate desire to be in parenthesis successful. So I found myself working my tail off, trying to get somewhere. And I didn't know what that somewhere was. And despite all of that, I finished, I did my master's in psychology and, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is why I chose psychology. I, this is why I chose counseling as a career path, as a, a, psycho, a psycho, psychotherapist, as a career path, because I was trying to understand myself in the process. The, the bottom line was... I was feeling, I was very controlling of my life because nothing else seemed like I could control it. Now, the, 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 that theme continued. I came to the United States to do my master's in counseling psychology again, and this was my second master's. So you can see, right, like there was a lot of high achieving drive in me. And in the meantime, 
you know, I was at an age where my parents were like, you need to have an arranged marriage. And I rebelled. I was such a rebel back then. And in the rebellion process, I, this is all like, you know, this is tangential, but it'll make sense as I'm talking about this, because I'm sure in your life too, I want to connect it back to you. This is not about me. I'm sharing this because I know that this is going to resonate in some aspects of your life. It will, it will resonate for, the, it'll highlight the beliefs that were there. And it's going to help you. I, I want to show you how to work through those beliefs. So it, it, long story short, this is what happened. Um, I rebelled. I found my husband, my now husband. We've been married for almost 22 years at this point. But it was also very difficult for my parents because he comes from a different religion and it was really, really hard. But I, you know, in, in retrospect, again, I purposely chose that path. There was something in me that said, life is hard. So I continued to make life hard. We become what we believe. So when you have these kind of belief systems, it amplifies attracting those kind of circumstances back into your life. So these are the things I want to highlight for you of how when you have a belief, we start to really create the similar circumstances that reinforce those beliefs. Now, after this happened, you know, finally everything settled. My parents were accepting of my husband. They started to really love him. Everything was good for a short period of time till again, life, I started to attract that same hardship in my life. I fell sick. I fell sick from an autoimmune disorder for that made me really, really, really sick for a number of years. And I was, you know, I had blood transfusion. It was really, really rough. But despite that, I, I continued to want to push myself. I pushed myself. I still remember this thing where I was sitting, um, I was, um, I had finished seeing a client. Um, I, I was already licensed by then and I was seeing a client and I was so sick. I was really, really sick and I still saw this client. And at the end of the session, I my phone rang and it was from my doctor. And my doctor was like, I need you to get to the hospital ASAP. Your blood count is so low. I have no idea how you're even walking. Forget about walking. How are you alive? Like there's no way you can be alive. So I went directly from my therapy office to the hospital and got like four bottles of blood transfusion because I was so anemic at that point. But this tells you, right? I pushed despite that, despite how sick I was, despite everything that was happening, I pushed through this. And this may resonate with a lot of you because I tend to attract these, these lost overworkers these lost overachievers who are so like they're achieving so much, but they're still lost. And this is how I know you so well, because I've been through it. And this is also the way the universe shook me up because I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't listening to what I really wanted. I was chasing after something that I didn't know existed or didn't exist. 
And this sickness, the body is amazing. It just starts to tell you when your body is that way, you will slow down. And that's the beauty. If you're struggling with something right now, think about it as an opportunity. Think about it as a signal from the universe asking you to slow down. And this will highlight, you know, if you've had a situation, maybe you're currently in a situation where you're feeling out of control. Maybe you've been in a situation where you felt completely like life is just falling apart. So it's an opportunity to see what am I not seeing that I need to see. And needless to say, at that point, I didn't handle it well. I went into depression. I felt my anxiety skyrocketed. Mostly it was depression. I felt suicidal at that time. And it reflected back my teen years. And it's probably because I hadn't processed a lot of those things. I kept recreating those similar circumstances that made me feel that way. I was just lucky, very, very lucky that I was married to someone who just supported me through that. And it was it was incredible. At least I had that support, but I couldn't even see that support at that time. I was just so sunk in depression. Um, and because I wanted something else, I resisted. I was on a trajectory to like, I don't know what, like have that, you know, 3.5 kids and have a house with a picket fence and all. I don't know. I was chasing some random dream that didn't know whether it existed or not. But despite all of this, right, I was so angry. I was so triggered. I was isolating myself because I couldn't be around people who I felt like their life was moving forward and mine wasn't. And it was uh, it was a downward slope. I'm laughing now because and I look back, I'm like, who was that person? Because I am nowhere close to that person at this point. But I have so much compassion for her because what she went through is helpful in where I am today. It's helped me get to where I am today. The amazing part is that it opened up my awakening process, awakening to my truest self. It, at some point, you know, when you're so beaten down, you have no other option other than to surrender. It started my whole spiritual quest. That's when I started seeking I started seeking something outside of me that would calm my nervous system down. And that's when I found meditation. I was already, you know, exposed to that when I was growing up with yoga and stuff like that. But this solidified everything. It started this whole process of looking inwards for my guidance and my wisdom rather than outwards. Through the outward seeking, it amplified my inner wisdom and I started to surrender. I remember this again very clearly. I was lying in bed, just looking up in the at the ceiling and almost having this in um, this conversation with the, the universe or God, whatever you want to call that, and, and saying, you know, okay, I give up. I don't know where else to go. I don't know what else to do. You guide me. You show me the next path because if you think that I need to be in bed and, and and just waste my life this way. Okay, fine. I will do this. And I'm just going to let things happen. 
And that started, that was the turning point. The moment I surrendered, but not from a place of like in a battle where you give up and you're like a victim. It was more like this place of, okay, I'm opening up myself for guidance. Everything started to shift. People came into my life who pointed me in the right direction for healing. I found different healing modalities, things that helped my healing process. And that is how everything started. And then fast forward, you know, this continued for a long time. My, my healing journey continued for a long time till I gave up the identity of a sick person. By then, I already had this identity of a sick person. If you've been through a difficult circumstance in your life, the control issues also get amplified. So a lot of my life was spent in not getting sick. You know, when I got better, I would be like, I have to make sure I don't get sick. And till I dropped the identity of a sick person, it continued. And that's my invitation to you. If there's something happening in your life and there's an identity associated with that, in order for you to get over that situation, you have to drop that identity. Okay. So if you're with me so far, thank you. There's a little bit more and then I'm going to give you the big takeaways for this week. So then fast forward to a few more years later, um, uh, we had our first child. I was almost almost 39 at that point. And up until then, neither of us, my husband and I, didn't want to have children. We were like, we were done. We were done taking care of each other. We just didn't want that so-called burden. But I really felt my son knocking on my door for the last two years before I was like, all right, I'm just going to allow this to see where this goes for us. Because I, I was not, even though I'm very maternal, I just didn't feel like taking care of a child. I know, I know what children bring um, to your life, the joy, but also it's a lot of work and I didn't want to do that. But I really felt his presence. And again, I trusted my inner wisdom. I trusted my inner intuition. And there he was. But it also highlighted having children. Children are the best teachers. It again brought another whole slew of Life is hard, the belief that life is hard. And I had to work through that. But through that struggle, through that struggle came a beautiful process, which is what now I use with my clients. I call that the new you blueprint. New you stands for it's neuropsychology, it's energy healing, it is trusting your inner wisdom, it is a whole set of way that I developed a program, but that came from that hardship, that came from experiencing this. And this is what I invite every one of my clients and my students to do, it is to trust that anytime you're going through something difficult, there is always a silver lining to it. And there's always something that is going to be birthed from that experience. So the more you stay open, open to possibilities and to that inner wisdom, the more this information will be just downloaded to you. And through this new through this new you blueprint, I've guided so many of my clients to grow from go from being that lost overworker, overachiever to a freedom achiever. Because every one of us is seeking that freedom. Not everyone, at least the people who gravitate towards me. And I have been a freedom achiever. Like I want to live my life with freedom. And that's what has transpired from that. So 
Here is the big takeaway for you. Number one, are you experiencing a situation right now that is making you feel trapped? You know, we're in the midst of all this coronavirus stuff. Is that making you feel trapped? Are you worried about money? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about what's to come next? Maybe you're in a job that you don't like. Or maybe you've lost yourself and keep giving and giving and giving and feel overwhelmed and frustrated and angry. Then it is time to slow down. If you are that person and you want to go from that to being that freedom achiever, it's time to slow down. Go back to episode number two and do that process. Can you change your belief from life is happening to you to life is happening for you? Can you use the situation as an opportunity for growth to become that freedom achiever? So that's it for you, my my friends. If you have questions or thoughts, I would love to hear. Please DM me on Instagram and share your insights, share your experience listening to this and how you applied it to your own life and I am incredibly grateful for you and if you can leave a review I would so appreciate it only because I want to reach a lot of people and I know you want to impact people in your life as well so if this has resonated for you please share with your friends and family and I'm so grateful for you that you're journeying with me through this And the next episode, we're going to be talking about hard work and what that might mean about you and is working hard going to get you to your goals or is it going to deter you from your goals? Thank you so much. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm incredibly grateful that you've chosen to journey with me through this podcast And if you are finding value in this, chances are your friends and family will too. So I have a huge request. If you can leave a review for me on iTunes, I would be incredibly grateful because this would allow other people to find this podcast as well. And uh, if you have special questions and topics that you would like me to feature and talk about, please send them to support at PadmaAli.com. And lastly, a special thanks to Western Media Center, Nathan Shore, for helping me bring this podcast to you. So thank you so much again and looking forward to joining you in the next episode.